All right. Tonight is the last part of our series called We. And, um, you know, basically, you know, for those who haven't been here, you know, for those who may be new tonight, our whole thoughts have been we want to build a community. We want to build a community where people come through these doors and people feel love and want to come back. We know that there's, you know, sometimes in churches and other places, you come there and you feel like, you know what, I don't want to go back because the people didn't make me feel welcome. And that's not what we want. We want people to feel that this is a place of love, that this is a place where you can come and you can feel free to talk to any one of the leaders. That's what we're here for. But tonight, our, our whole concept we're going to look at tonight is called Up Close. And when we think of being up close, when we think of just, you know, let me just first of all ask this question. How many of you have ever heard a story when you thought that all hope was lost in God and then somebody comes up with this tremendous story and it's like, wow. You know, you've seen like the power of God and it's like, wow. Anyone ever been there? You heard a story, like a missionary came and had a story and it's like, you know, they didn't know how this was going to happen and all of a sudden, you know. But we want to look tonight, we're going to look at some of Jesus' last words on earth. And this is what we're going to look at tonight is from um, John chapter 17 and it's called the High Priestly Prayer. It's one of the, it's like the last prayer that Jesus really talked about in the sense of before he was on the cross. And what he prayed, and, and, and it just amazes me that he would say these words. But again, as I said, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how we all need people. Nobody in this room can do life on their own. Nobody can say, I don't need anybody. Even though sometimes we think that way. You know, you, you find people sometimes and they want to be alone all the time, but you know what? you still don't want to be alone all the time because we're not wired like that. It's just like me and you. We could have 600 Facebook friends online, but we still want someone physically there to talk to because we are made in that way. We are wired that way to want to be in a relationship with other people. But if God created us for relationships, did he have something more in mind for us just to say, well, you know what, I got a friend. And I think he did. I think when God saw the world, again, as we started off with Adam and Eve, there was something that he said about Eve. He said what? I will send you a what? A helper, but he said what? What type of helper? Suitable for you. He didn't just say, I'm going to send you anybody. You know, because there's some people who we probably don't like to talk to all the time, that they're not our best friends. But he found someone who was suitable for him. He didn't just say, I'm going to just send you anybody. No. Last week, or not last week, two weeks ago, we looked at what the early church was all about. The fellowship and, and, and just how they opened their homes. And they were willing to sell all their possessions so that there was no needs. And you know, every time I read that in Acts 2 and 4, I think to myself, not that I have that much. I don't own no property. But would I be willing to sell my property to help someone in need? Would I be willing to say, you know what, this isn't mine, this is God's, and I'm willing to do whatever I can? That's hard to think about. But tonight we want to look again as we think of up close. And people's stories are powerful, aren't they? There's something about hearing what's going on in another person's life that puts things in perspective for us. We may be thinking that God has forgotten us, but that He doesn't care about what's going on in our world. But then we hear someone share how God showed up when they really need him. 
And because of that, we begin to think that maybe, just maybe, He can be there for us too. That's the power of community. It's how we see God at work in our world. It's how we grow closer to Him. And it's an important part of growing in our relationship with Him. You see, with this whole thing that we think about as the relationship grows, God is always there. You know, it's amazing even sometimes when we're going through a tough time, how an individual just comes alongside to help us from nowhere. You see, God wants us to build a community. God wants us to recognize just how important this whole community is. You know, and I I've, I've, just want to commend you because I have been hearing some good things so far about how people have come and they feel welcome. So we have been doing a good job. You know, I think sometimes you need encouragement as well. So, and I also, how many of you were here on Sunday morning who attend Calvary Bible Church? You were here this Sunday morning. All right. Wasn't it amazing how Pastor Lee did a message that just tied into what we were doing? Me and him didn't talk about that. That's just the Holy Spirit. You know, it, it's just amazing how the Holy Spirit works. And that's just, just again, it wasn't nothing to do with us. It was how God planned that, how He ordained that to happen. So we're going to look at two points as we think of, of, of our first, as we have this introduction. We set up with something really little and we end up missing the biggest purpose. When we settle for something really little, we end up missing the bigger purpose. And then the second part is this, was God's sole intent for our relationship so that we wouldn't be lonely? Or is there something more? Do you think that God just said, you know what, I want you to have relationships that you're not lonely? Do you think that was the reason that we have relationships? Hmm? You think so? Is that it? Just so we could say, oh yeah, Kevin's my friend. You know, he's my good friend. You know, I, I'm not lonely now. No, he wants us, as we talked about last week, he wants us to get uncomfortable with these relationships. He doesn't want us just to say, you know, oh yeah, I'm going to talk to you. Just think about it. If you had no one in this world to talk to about personal matters, and we're going to look at that in your small group a little bit, how would you feel? How many of you have someone that you go to all the time if you have a personal problem? Almost everybody's hand went up, right? Everybody has someone special they go to. It's a joke in the front row. I don't know what the joke is, but it was a joke. But again, like I said, we want to look at, at John chapter 17. And we could go to those verses. But before we look at that, I just want to give a little background from what's happening in this whole chapter. It's Jesus' prayer recorded in John 17. Jesus is concerned about his followers. He's concerned about what their lives are going to be like after he's gone. What is Jesus getting ready to do? Die. He's getting ready to die on the cross. And here it is. He's going to pray. Now, for me, I don't know about you. But if I know I'm going to die, what, are you going to, what is the one thing you want to do? What are you going to do? If you knew you could die, what are you going to do? What did somebody say? Sprint? You will eat? Take pictures? Uh, uh, I mean, what? All right, all right. Let's raise a hand and get some answers here. What would you do? 
All right, you can't escape this death. You'll be what? You'll be praying? Okay. Oh, this, this should be interesting. All right, quiet down. Throw a pie in somebody's face? Okay. Wow. That would definitely not be what I want to do. All right, Celine, what did you say? You'll be a servant? Surfing, okay. What did you say, Joy? Okay, we don't need to be so technical here. We get ready to die soon. Okay, let's ask two more people. All right, raise your hand. Okay, what would you like to do? Okay. Donna, the last person. You get married. Okay, you might not have that much time. All right. John chapter 17. Again, Jesus is getting ready to die. And this is what he, he's praying. And this is what he prays. He doesn't just pray. You know, sometimes we pray and we go on on our little things and we don't know what's happening. You know, we just... He has a purpose in this prayer. Sometimes, how many of y'all ever fell asleep praying? Yeah, all of us. All right. But he had, this is a prayer with purpose. And this is the purpose. This is what he prays for at the end as he knows he's getting ready. He says in verse 20, I do not ask for these only. Talking about his disciples, because he's getting ready to leave his disciples and he's concerned about leaving them. I don't ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Talking about disciples getting ready to go out and preach the gospel. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, that I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Do we see, do we see something that's going on here? What is he talking about? Being what? One. You see, when we think of the body of Christ, we are all one. Even though we all come from different backgrounds, we all come from different schools, some of us may have been born in different countries, as a believer, as the body of Christ, we are all one. And that's something for us to understand, that even if we have differences, even if we are different, as a believer in Christ, we are all one family. We all are brothers and sisters in Christ. You see, that's what this is about. That's what our youth group, we want it to be about. Whether somebody comes here and we have no clue who they are, we want to welcome them. We want to feel like they want to come back. Again, sometimes in life you may find people who have brothers or sisters in, that are blood brothers and sisters who may not even be as close as brothers or sisters in Christ. You see, this is what he's talking about. This is a bond that cannot be broken. This is a bond that, that we need to recognize as the most important bond that we can have. Is that, first of all, we are one in who? 
Christ. And if we have that relationship with Christ, if we are one in Christ, then we are one with each other. We are one body. And again, it goes on in verse 23. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you love me. You see, for us as believers, we need to recognize that this love that we think about, that we talk about, that Jesus did, that Jesus died on the cross, is a love that we cannot even explain. It's just like for me and you as the body of Christ. There are some people that are very hard to love. Am I correct? I may be one of them. But you know what? You know what? Because we have this bond in Christ, we must love one another. Because we have this bond in Christ, we must show God's love to those we come in contact with. You see, when we become Christ, as we see that Paul talks about, we are crucified with Christ. It is not longer that I live, but it's Christ who lives in me. You see, I cannot love you on my own. It's only through Christ. It's only through that bond of Christ that I can love you. And that's what we need to recognize as we think of this whole thing, as we think of our community, as we think of all that Christ has done for us. That's the bond that we have. A bond that goes beyond anything else. A bond that we can't even, you know, go far. We can't go away from God's love. And it goes on in verse 24. It says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with you, to be where I am, so that they can see my glory that you gave me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, even the world does not know you. I know you, and these men know that you sent me. And the last verse that we can look at. I made known your name to them, and I will continue to make it known, so that the love you have loved me, with me be in them, I may be in them. You see, this love, again, we cannot explain it. The love that we talk about when we think of Christ, you know, I don't know about you, but it humbles me so many times to think that God would love me. Because I mess up so many times. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. And this is where the whole thing with us comes in as well. Because you know what? I may say something that may hurt you. And we need to recognize that you know what? None of us are perfect. You know, and again, you know, I think I want to talk for all of you leaders. None of us are perfect. We may do things that will offend you, that may hurt you. You know what I want you to do? Come to us. Tell us what we've done. Because none of us are perfect. Your parents mess up every day, right? Am I correct? Not every day. But your parents messed up, right? Does that mean they don't love you? No, they love you. You know, we love you. But what we want to see is we want to see all of us love each other. And again, this love comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Apart from that, we will never know. Apart from that, you'll never know what true love is. Think about it. Think about as Romans three talks about it talks about us as man and it talks about how we in our own we don't desire God 
that God loved us so much. We all have sinned. We fall short of God's glory. But yet, in Romans 5, it tells us that He loved us while we were still His what? Enemies. Uh, let me ask you a question. How many of you love your enemies? How many of you love your enemies? All right. All right, you love your enemies? Let's go to the next slide, please. This is what we think of love. And we think of love when we think of God. And this is what it said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. There also, as in the gospel, it talks about to even love your enemies. You know, I don't know about you, but that's hard. But we are to love them. We are to love people as believers. We are to show this love of Christ. So the question, there's some questions I wanted to think about. We could go to the next. Some questions I wanted to think about. Are we really wanting to do life together? I got it. Are we really wanting to do life together? Do we want to do life together in here? Do we truly want to do life together as a community? Are you willing to be vulnerable? Are you really willing to be vulnerable? Are you willing to open up at times when, you know, it just doesn't, it's just to open up? The next thing is, and I want you to think about this for your small group. What is going to be your small group's vision for unity? How is your small group going to build unity? How are we going to build unity in this room? You see, I think so many times, you know, I think it's about maybe 50 of us in here tonight. And I think that if we are all honest with ourselves, not everybody in us knows everybody's name in here. We don't know everybody. And that's why I started off this whole series with getting to know the person next to you. Or getting to know somebody you don't know. Because you know what? A group like this, we should probably know everybody's name. It ain't that hard. But sometimes we want to stay in our little circles and don't want to go and get to know other people. And the last question I want to think about is, are you willing to give God the glory and the credit. Are you willing to give God the glory and the credit? You see, because that's what it's all about. You see, God wants us to give Him the glory. He deserves all the glory. But yet, you know, we all struggle with something that's called pride. And it's so easy for pride to sneak in. And if you give pride a little bit of space, it could consume your whole self. And you know, sometimes I just want us to think about this. You may say, well, I'm doing that for God. But yet again, it's still, I'm doing it. You know, we get involved in ministries. We do all these things. But why are we doing it? What is the purpose? So in application, I want us to think of these last two points. When we follow Jesus alone, we only get a small glimpse of Him. You see, when we only do life by ourselves, when we cut everyone else off, 
we only get a small glimpse of what the power of Christ is. Because we as a body, with the love that we talked about, and Jesus prayed this love for me and you to have for one another. The second one is that we can learn to love God better by being involved in life with people who are working on loving Him too. You see, we can't do this life on our own. If I was here to tell you tonight that I could do this life with Christ on my own, I would be lying to you. I can't. You know why? Because we live in a world that tells us the complete opposite. We live in a world that tells us to follow after all these things in life but you want me to tell you something? They're not gonna, you're not going to find satisfaction. You may find it for a small time, but you know what? It's always going to run out. And that's what I want to talk, that's what in closing I want us to think about this. It's a word that starts with A and it's called accountability. And I know that we come here on Friday nights and we have our small groups and that's kind of an accountability you know, type of group. But for a lot of you, you go to the same schools, you do all the same stuff, you know, that is how we need to keep each other accountable. In school, when I'm going to say something bad, I need my friend to say, look, you know, John, you shouldn't do this. You know, you you say you are a Christian. And as a Christian, what are we supposed to be what? We're supposed to be different than the world. We have to show a love that's different. Again, that's the last verse we read, and I want to read it again. Love the Lord your God with not some, but all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, if we take this verse, and we apply this to our lives, and we love God with our whole being, that is what will change this world. That's what will change our relationships. Because again, we are going to mess up. But when we're striving to be like Christ, that love that we have for one another will help in the problems that we may have. But when we point to God, when we say, you know what, I love you above everything else. I want to please you with all that I am. That's when we do life the way God intended us his life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we praise you for again for who you are. And Father, we know that none of us are perfect in this room. Father, I pray that you would help each one of us just to look out for one another. Help us to forgive one another when we may do something that offends them. Help us to just be open to one another. That this ignition group will be a group that people will feel loved. That people will come back to. That people will feel that, you know what? These people are different because I could see a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ in them. And Father, I pray that you continue to be with our time together as we go into small groups. I pray that you would open up our discussions and our hearts. Even then, Father, that we would just share willingly that we could help one another out. We just thank and we praise you for who you are in Jesus' name. Amen.